Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSight News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, dear family. Good morning, beloved. How are you? I pray always that you are well. Um, Yesterday was the Feast of St. Benedict, which we are Benedictine, and it was a glorious feast day. Um, Today it is snowing and windy in Beloit. I don't know how it is with you, but um, all is well here. And I pray it is with you, beloved. Every day I look at the news, it's worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, The the facts we've trusted, we don't know that we can trust. The people we've trusted, we don't know that we can trust. But we can trust God. We can trust everything we have been taught by the church about God. Yes, we can. In fact, where we left off in our book, This is the Faith, we're on the chapter, What is the Faith? And I want to remind you that um, you can call in now anytime during our hour whatsoever with whatever's on your heart, whether it's what we're speaking about or not. And the toll-free number is one 877 5483 um, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. And our chapter on faith has asked, what is faith? I'll just go over the first couple of points because it's been um, uh, quite a few days since we've left this off. Faith is a supernatural gift of God, which enables us to believe without doubting whatever God has revealed. And so um, you say, well, that person doesn't believe. How come? Well, the question is, for me, dear ones, how come I do? How come I do believe? That's the thing I cannot, cannot understand. Why has God poured his love on me? Why has he poured the gift of faith into my soul? So I believe fully who he is and everything he has revealed. There's no answer to that. Why has God set his love on us? There's no answer to that. He's a God of love, but not everyone believes. Not everyone experiences or knows his love Why do we? Why do you and I, if we do? I can't answer that. Um, But I know that it's not, uh, we are not to blame for our faith. It is God who is to blame that we love and that we believe so. It's a gift of his. Why must you believe whatever God has revealed? Say, well, I believe in God, and I'm actually, I'm Catholic, but I don't believe this and that about the Catholic Church. Then I would say you're not Catholic. Either you believe it's the church our Lord founded. And therefore, whatever it teaches it's tr- is true, not whatever any individual may teach at one time or another, including the Pope or bishops themselves, but what the church has officially taught. If you do not believe that any article of faith um, is true, then you're not Catholic, then you are Protestant. What a Protestant does the, the Protestant, the Protestant revolution of the 16th century. Um, they picked uh, and they chose what they wanted to retain of the faith that God gave for the first 1,500 years. 
but we must believe everything God has revealed because God is the very truth and can neither deceive or be deceived. If our judgment, dear ones, if we hold our judgment higher than God's, higher than the church itself, we are fools. And uh, there's nothing good with our thinking. And we are not in the true church. Again, we need to distinguish what the church teaches infallibly. What is the faith? And it's all laid out in the catechism, beloved. Um, And what... um, a particular individual, be he pope or bishop or priest or uh, anyone, um, what a particular individual believes may or may not be line up with the infallible teachings of the church. But if it does, you know that it's true. What are the chief mysteries of faith which every Christian is bound to know? That is the unity and triunity of our Lord, that he is one and three, tri-unity, three in one, one God who exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who will render to every man according to his works, and we must believe in the incarnation, the death and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We must believe that God will render to every man according to his works, not according to an act he has done, such as asking Jesus into his heart, no, but according to his works. Protestantism teaches that works are the fruit of faith. That's correct. Um, The Catholic Church teaches that works are the fruit of faith, but they are the necessary fruit of faith. In the last paragraph of his gospel, St. Mark reports these words of our Lord. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. St. Paul makes this solemn declaration that without faith it is impossible to please God. Impossible, beloved. These two texts alone, writes Canon Ripley, these two texts alone are sufficient to demonstrate the importance of faith. Supernatural faith includes the following principles, that God is our first beginning and our last end. God has supreme dominion over us, and we owe God due service, which we express in religion. In our religion, we render to God the worship and the service he is done. He is due. True religion is the true worship of the true God. And God has told us how he wants to be worshipped. Man must obey this teaching of God. And you say, well, I'll obey the teaching of God, but not of the church. Then you don't obey the teaching of God. It is God who established his church, who will lead it into all truth until the end of time, and the gates of hell will not prevail, prevail against it. And it has prevailed for the truth that God has taught his church is true without one single word being changed for 2,000 years. Yes, what a particular, I say again, a particular pope can be wrong. A pope is not infallible. He's not a supernatural being. Um, He sits in the chair of Peter, and if he issues his opinion... Uh, That's all it is, the opinion of a man. 
when he speaks from the chair of Peter, ex cathedra, out of the chair of Peter, and he gives uh, a teaching that is faith, a matter of faith and morals that is binding on the faithful to believe, he is protected from teaching error. God protects us. Uh, 99% of what a pope teaches could be wrong. 100% of what he says could be wrong. But if he ever teach, um, teaches a matter of faith and morals binding on the faithful, he is protected from teaching error that the faithful, the sheep, will always be protected on what is true. <clears throat> Man has no right, says Canon Ripley in the book This is the Faith, which we're reading. Man has no right to practice a religion of his own making against God's will. Our current Holy Father said at one point that God wills all religions. He does not. And Bishop Athanasius Snyder met with the Pope, and the Pope retracted that statement. God does not will all religions. He wills only one, the religion he gave us through his people, and through the word of God written by God through his people, the Catholic faith. There is no other religion on the face of the earth that is willed by God. God alone can declare to us in what true religion consists, because he gave it to us. He is the one who tells us in what true religion consists. And this declaration of God contains the body of revealed truths, we are bound, beloved, to believe them. We must have faith in them. And if you say, well, I, I believe just about all, but I'm not sure about Mary, I'm not sure about purgatory, then you don't believe. And that you are your own judge and do not believe in the church God founded on earth. No one can be indifferent about such vital matters. Even at the time of the Reformation, the necessity of faith was never questioned. Those who left the true church still believed in God and Christ. Nowadays, many reject faith itself and are utterly indifferent about religion. Faith, they say, is nothing more than an emotion. Oh, that's not true, dear ones. No one can be received into the Catholic Church without a genuine and sincere faith in the Catholic religion. Faith is the very foundation on which the whole religious and spiritual edifice of Catholicism is erected. It is the root holding the tree against all the storms and difficulties of life and providing the sap which makes our religion a living force in our lives. This is very simple teaching, beloved. A child can understand it, and unless we become as little children, we won't enter the kingdom of God. If you haven't studied your faith from childhood on, this is a wonderful opportunity to receive it now as an adult in a deeper level, at a deeper level than a child can. There's the music for our break, dear ones. Feel free to call in with anything on your heart at any time, toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. 
Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the Station on the Cross. I listen to the radio station daily, and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that, and through your programs, I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the Station of the Cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are reading uh, from... um, Canon Francis Ripley's This is the Faith, and we're on the subject of what is faith and the fact that no one can be received into the Catholic Church, the only church our Lord established on earth, without a genuine and sincere faith in the Catholic religion. The solemn teaching of the church on faith may be summed up as follows. Faith is a divine virtue by which we believe revealed truth, not because it is known to us by the natural light of reason, but because it is known to us by the authority of God, who can neither deceive or be deceived. The virtue of faith is infused into the soul with sanctifying grace, and it is lost only by a grave sin of unbelief which a man commits by deliberately doubting or denying a truth which he knows God has revealed. Further, without a gift from God consisting in his, God's enlightening and helping grace, no man can make an act of faith profitable for salvation. Still, faith does not deprive a man of liberty, but it is a help which he freely accepts and with which he freely cooperates. 
it is not a blind movement of the mind, but is in conformity with reason. The fact of God's existence can be most certainly known by the mind of man, reasoning from created things. The fact that God has spoken to us can be most certainly known from miracles and prophecies. The truth which God has revealed, the truths which God has revealed are found in sacred scripture and tradition. Among these truths are mysteries which can never be understood by the mind of man in this life, no matter how far it may advance in knowledge. There are things that I think most, many of us, have wanted to understand. Where did evil come from? Why did God allow the fall if he knows all things, the end from the beginning? Why this? Why that? These are absolutely legitimate questions, but there are some things we're not going to know. Uh, uh, This side of heaven. And we need to understand that God has revealed to us what he wishes us to know, but he has not revealed everything to us. Um, We need to trust him. We need to trust his judgment, his love, the one who died for us and gave his life for us, will never fail us in any single matter. Um, We have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Dear Mother Miriam, how can I participate in Lent as a pregnant mother? I am consumed with daily nausea and taking care of my two little children. I feel guilty about not being able to fast because I become even more sick if I am not eating small meals through the day. The fatigue of this pregnancy also leaves me exhausted, and I find it difficult to sit and pray, and even think at times, depending on how bad my nausea can become. I would appreciate any advice or suggestions you have for me. God bless you. Anonymous. Dear one, um, you are living through Lent with uh, probably much greater sacrifice than most of us. We can give up a meal. We can give up meat. We can uh, increase our prayer life. We can do things. But yours is a 24-7 sacrifice of growing up this little child in your womb. Um, Do not think you're not sacrificing. You are. The whole of your pregnancy, especially with the difficulty you are having, is a sacrifice. And if you want to sacrifice further and you cannot because of nausea and exhaustion, then your sacrifice is not being able to sacrifice. That's what it is. Um, You know, let me just say we have a little storm out here and um, the lights, see the lights are blinking, so if things go off, you'll you'll know. Um, uh, I remember watching the film on Teresa of the Andes and she became a Carmelite nun and begged for sacrifices all the time. And one time she went to the Mother Superior and asked for another sacrifice. And the Mother Superior said, I'm not giving you any more, any more. And she begged Mother Superior, she said, your sacrifice will t- be not to have another sacrifice. And it, it, it really hurt um, Teresa of the Andes very much because that's all she wanted to do 
was give everything up for God. So, dear Anonymous One, you are giving up for God. You're giving up your 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 comforts, your desire for for more prayer, your desire to sacrifice more for God, and you are sacrificing 24-7, raising this little child. And you have no right to have that little baby in your womb to fast because you're fasting. So you're doing what is perfect. And um, as far as praying, um, you know, the Apostle Paul says to pray always, so you don't have to sit and spend certain time. Just pray. Pray all the time. You're praying when you're nauseous, Lord. uh, I give this nausea to you. You're offering it up as a sacrifice. That is a sacrifice, Lord. I join my nausea, my pains, my exhaustion to your sufferings on the cross. And you will be giving them up. You will be sacrificing, dear one. Um, uh, Accepting all the... Um, the difficulties of your pregnancy. So be at peace, dear one. Be at peace. Your your heart is right, and God accepts just what you're doing right now for him. Um, we have a comment from Ethel, a question rather, on Facebook. Um, she says, Mother Miriam, is it true I cannot attend a Catholic church before speaking with the priest? I am yearning to be in the Lord's church and do not know the rules of the Catholic for of the Catholics for one like myself leaving the Protestants. No, sweetheart. I don't know ever who told you that you cannot attend a Catholic church. You can attend any time you wish. What you may not do is receive communion. Um because you are not yet in communion with the church, you can go to every single Mass every single day. No problem at all, even without speaking to the priest. But if you really want to uh, be received into the Catholic Church, I would go to the priest and see if they have the sometimes called an RCIA, Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults, um, and, and begin to join them and study. Uh, those already in that group Most of them will be coming into the church this Easter, and you might be told in some churches to wait till September. I don't advise that, sweetheart. Um, If you find the Catholic Church you'd like to be a part of, or any Catholic Church, really, um, you can go to the priest and tell him, see if somebody can assist you with instruction, and if not, read some good books. and um, and you can enter the church maybe at Christmas or so. Um, if it's um, an, a regular Novus Ordo church, you might have to wait till Easter. I don't know. But if you go to any Latin church, the priest should be able to instruct you and maybe receive you this Christmas. So um, you may go. I don't know who told you not to. Any time whatsoever, you just may not receive communion until you are officially in the church, sweetheart. If you need um, resources, go to the Coming Home Network International, Coming Home Network International, founded and headed by Marcus Grodi, and look at their store or their shop, however they call it, and you'll have many books that are good books suggested for you. You can go to catholicanswerscatholic.com, and uh, I, I highly recommend... Uh, Carl Keating's book, Catholicism and Fundamentalism, 
uh, for you, and also my favorite book coming into the church, written by Carl Adam, which is titled The Spirit of Catholicism. So if you need resources, Ethel, call back or write, write the note again through Facebook, but you go to any Catholic church uh, every day, if you wish. Um, and then again, um, just don't receive communion until you are fully in communion uh, with the Catholic Church. Um, we have a text from uh, someone who writes in anonymously and says, um, uh, Hi, Mother Miriam. My husband and I are wondering about your view on embryo adoption. Is it acceptable for an infertile couple to adopt an abandoned embryo left over from an IVF cycle? In, um, what if the couple is not technically infertile but struggling with miscarriages, etc.? Does that change um, the morality of the situation? Thank you for your insight. God bless you. You know what? Um... Oh dear, you know I I I, I can I, I need to look it up uh, in canon law to see if there's anything wrong with that. I think it's a wonderful thing. It's adoption. You're simply adopting um, a baby that was tossed out, um, but in embryonic form. I think that would be extremely wonderful. Whether um, you are struggling with miscarriages or um, um, uh, that you're simply infertile. Um, I would think it's a wonderful thing. And what I need to do, dear one, is look that up to see if there's any difficulty with your adoption uh, of an embryo. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I know that um, uh, the, the child in a mother's womb should be the child of her spouse, um, in vitro uh, IVF in, in vitro fertilization is is uh, gravely sinful but again um, if a child is abandoned in embryo form I would think you would do well to be able to adopt that child um, let me not misspeak I might find out that I'm wrong um, I'm speaking from a heart of love and the fact that the embryo is a child and should not be left to die. So um, let me confirm that, dear one. Um, let me go back again to the article. You're welcome to call in. And if you have the answer on, um, on adoption of an embryo, uh, let me know. We're coming across our second break, dear ones, and I will look that up uh, to make sure that uh, we're fine on this. Otherwise, I'll correct myself um, when we come back from the break. God bless you. Call in with anything that's on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
The St. Thomas More House of Prayer, a Catholic retreat center, prays the Liturgy of the Hours each day, starting with the Office of Readings at 5.30 a.m. and ending with night prayer at 8 o'clock p.m. Nestled in a peaceful, rustic setting, it's the perfect place to converse with God and discern His will for your life. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is open to the public and can be booked by individuals or groups for retreats. We're located at 365 Hill City Road in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. To book a visit or learn more, visit liturgyofthehours.org or call 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, this we have a full half hour ahead of us, and um, during the the break, um, I did take a look at um, the issue on uh, adopting uh, an embryo, a frozen embryo that is uh, the product of uh, in uh, vitro fertilization, which is a process that is gravely immoral. But what do we do with the embryos and? Um, I I could uh, let me just see now. Um, I'm, I'm I'm looking at Catholic.com that um, uh, the church te- church teaching on embryo adoption is not quite uh, clear. Um, the closest the church has come to addressing this is in an uh, um, uh, a document Dignitas Personae, and it says it has been proposed solely in order to allow human beings to be born who are otherwise condemned to destruction, that there could be a form of prenatal adoption. Um, This proposal, praiseworthy with the regard of an intention of respecting and defending human life, presents um, various problems, however. And so um, uh, I'm looking through a number of things that... um, um, where it is uh, condemned as immoral. 
um, it says there's an ongoing debate among reputable Catholic theologians about this matter, and technically it remains an open question. A recent Vatican document called, as I mentioned before, Dig- uh, Dignitas Personae expressed serious moral reservations about the approach without, however, explicit- explicitly condemning it as a moral. Um, um, oh, dear. Um, you might look up, I'm not being more helpful in this right now, um, I've understood from another article, there's well over a million and probably way higher than that, frozen embryos. What, what, their, their children, what do we do with them? And um, you might take a look at this document, Dignitas, D-I-G-N-I-T-A-S, Personae, P-E-R-S-O-N-A-E, and also the question of embryo adoption. It's a debate on the on dignitas personae, and um, I I'm personally going to look for further to see if we can get a um, a more definitive uh, answer to that for you. But at the moment, I I sure would like to say yes, but then it makes um, um, the birth of a child it it separates. The unitive and procreative, and which is what we should never do. Um, it, it's very difficult because you want to save the life of a child by adopting that embryo, um, but that presents other issues. Um, so, if one could look at what's the difference between adopting an embryo and adopting a child that's a year old or a day old. Um, well, there's one difference which you, you understand, that that embryo would have to be inserted into the mother's womb. And um, I think that's a huge question. So I'm going to look further into it also. But I, I would suggest that you look at the article, Dignitas Personae, and the debate on it, and um, uh, look further into the question. Uh, I don't think the church has condemned it. Um, but it has not, looks like so far, it has not approved it. I'll read this one last uh, paragraph, and this is from um, the USCCB, proposals for adoption of abandoned or unwanted frozen embryos are also found to pose problems because the church opposes use of the, um, the bodies of others who are outside the marital covenant for reproduction. Um, and it also refers to dignitas personae, which raises cautions or problems about these new issues, but does not formally make a definitive judgment against them. So I'm not quite helpful on this, dear one, um, but I'm going to look it up further myself. Um, okay. Um, again, I invite you to call in with anything that's on your heart, toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at Um oh, Let me see. Um, we have an email from Stephanie, and Stephanie writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I was recalling a story you told years ago to a friend, but fell short on the details. 
It was about how children love discipline. There was an undisciplined young man who got himself into trouble and felt happy and safe when he finally was disciplined. If you remember the details, can you please tell this story again? God bless you, Stephanie. Stephanie, um, I can think of only one story that I've told in the past that might relate to this. It had to do with the assistant um, chief of police in Los Angeles in my Protestant years. Who He went to the same Protestant church I did. And um, he was assistant chief of police and took a bunch of young juvenile delinquents on a camping trip. And um, I think he may have gotten them right out of juvenile hall and took them on a camping trip. And um, uh, there, were, there were a couple, or well, at least this one, one young man, um, continued to challenge him and uh, challenge his obedience and, and do what he wanted to do disrespectfully. And finally, this, this uh, policeman um, got him, uh, took his pants down, he still had underwear on, put the boy across, a teenager, I think 17 years old, put him across his knee and really gave him a spanking, a really hard spanking. And when he was done, the, this rebellious teenage boy was completely in tears. He said, no one's ever cared enough for me before to do that. And the, the boy's life was changed because even though he was of adult size, I guess, he was a teenager, I think he was 17, no one had ever disciplined him. No one had ever... Um, kept their word to him and if you do this I will do this and this policeman did and the boy blessed be God saw it as a firm hand of love and security and truth and it changed his life so Stephanie perhaps that's the story Um, today that policeman might be arrested a parent could be arrested today for spanking their own child, but that's because our society has grown um, uh, enormously immoral, and nobody understands authority anymore. That policeman did what was absolutely right, and it changed that young man's heart. Um, okay. Um, Let me, uh, let's see now. I have an email here from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Dear Mother Miriam, I hope and pray that you are well. Thank you, dear one, I am. I recall hearing some sad news about your present living conditions, that the house you had bought with such joy and hope in your heart was not working out. You're right. Um, I don't know the details and don't need to know, but I am sad to hear, and I share your disappointment. No doubt this cross will reap fruits for others and your holy order. This uh, lovely person goes on to ask a question which I'm going to answer, but I also want to comment um, on your comment about the house situation. Um, 
there were uh, unfortunate uh, facts withheld from us by responsible people when we bought that house, which we subsequently learned through the community surrounding that house that simply didn't want us there. Um, And so um, I know from two attorneys that we have a case and we could sue and either be in the house or get the money back. But, dear ones, I'm not going to sue. I will not sue. And Apostle Paul says we need to settle out of court. I'm not coming into a beautiful little town of Beloit, which it is absolutely beautiful. And the people are beautiful. We just hit a rough little spot within the city. And um, I will not sue. So that means that we are out um, three quarters of a million dollars. We bought the house at a disc. I'm going to let you all know that. Um, we bought the house at a di- quite a discounted price of uh, 225000 It's worth a ton more. And we put another half a million plus into it. Um, and it's a gorgeous place with land around it. It's truly beautiful. And fireplace on two floors. And, <clears throat> and the reason I'm telling you all this is we finally have a realtor who is um, from Real, uh, Real Estate for Life, has uh, put us in touch with one of their realtors. Um, Real Estate for Life is a wonderful organization. They're Catholic. And anyone who sells their home uh, buy or buys a home through them, uh, whatever percentage the Real, Real Estate for Life will get, they give a percentage of that to the charity of anybody's choice. They're very, very good. Um, I think you can find them at realestateforlife.com. In any case, we have an attorney, not attorney, a a realtor through them, who is uh, waiting for the first sunny day, it's raining and snowing today, to take pictures of the house, and then it'll be on the web for sale. Um, It's very difficult for anyone to buy a house for three quarters of a million dollars in Beloit. Um, Most of the houses go for somewhere around 300000 perhaps, but not that much. If it were in a different city, it would go for over a million because it's a million-dollar house. So I'm just telling you all that because if anyone, maybe you're a doctor or a lawyer and you have more money and you want to buy a 6,000-square-foot house and come to this sweet little town 50 miles from the center of the United States, it's a beautiful town. It's a beautiful area. It's a beautiful house. It's right on a... A corner and with a nice bit of land around it and a park next to it. Very quiet, very beautiful, and uh, 3,000 feet on each floor. Um, with We made it with uh, uh, 13 cells for us, but our cells are um, 8 by 10, so if somebody wants six bedrooms, they, we could just take the wall out between two of the bedrooms and then you have a 10 by 16 bedroom, six of them, or seven. Uh, it just, it, it's tremendous. So if I, I'm, I'm giving you such detail, because if you have a large family and you can afford a little more money, um, I, I, you know, I won't insist on three quarters of a million, but I'll ask someone to get as close to that as they can. And the house will be yours. And it's beautiful. I want to tell you with that, that we had some... Uh, uh, not knowing whether we would remain in Beloit because of several factors, nothing to do with Beloit, um, but we're going to do that. We are going to remain in Beloit, 
And I'll tell you a wonderful thing. The house that we've been living in for the past year uh, as temporary quarters has been simply given to us as a gift after this happened with the house that we were building. Um, So we have a place to live and we're simply going to do construction in it and we'll be fine for a couple of years here. So all is well. Um, It was the Adorazio Foundation um, under Andrew Newell that has gifted us this beautiful home we're in now. It's half the size of the one we were reconstructing, but it's very beautiful, and we will reconstruct it for us. So now you've got the whole story. Somebody, if you wish to come or find out more about the house, call me or email me. Go to motherofisraelshope.org and you'll be able to reach us. We'll be right back. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. Do you love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment And we still have 10 minutes if you wish to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free 1-877-511-5483. We are on an email from uh, a dear one who has written in anonymously, and she uh, was praying that our situation with the house is doing well. So I, I took some time to explain what our situation is on the house that uh, we can no longer have. 
and um, on the house that we do have now that was gifted to us after that situation with the other house. So um, it's not as big, but it is, um, it's a lovely house, and uh, the neighbors are, uh, I couldn't have better neighbors in the world. They're better than land, so it, it's just beautiful, and we're doing well here in Beloit. Um, Okay, and the same person who wrote in said, I had a question today for you, Mother, many years ago. In trying to become closer to Mary, I was inspired to dress more modestly, to limit my wardrobe to what I need, to stop coloring my hair, and to stop wearing makeup. Well, blessed be God, and God bless you. It's wonderful. It has been a blessing as it has set me free giving me a little more time for prayer in the morning. It has also been a cross, as now people think I am very old, when I am only in my 50s. Let me stop for a moment. It's because it's quite a contrast. But if you've known a woman for years, and she's in her 50s, and she let's just say she has gray hair, and she wears no makeup at all, and you know her that way, you've never known her any other way, and you think she's beautiful because you see her as she is, and you haven't expected anything else. So because people knew you from before with colored hair and makeup, um, they think you look um, rather dowdy, and you think you look that too. And she says, I have no desire to ever have a bigger wardrobe, nor color my hair. However, I sometimes wonder about the makeup. Some days, when I wake up in the morning, I wonder if I am laying a bigger cross on those who see me than on myself, as I can look pretty horrible. Well, that's what you think. But God doesn't think you look horrible. And when you first change, it's going to... But I, I think after a few years, people will not think of you any other way. And you won't look horrible. You'll look beautiful. She writes, I am quite sure that you wear no makeup. Yet you are so beautiful, Mother. Thank you very much. I do not wear makeup. But um, before I became a sister, I did wear makeup. Um, I wore uh, two things. I had a little, because I felt so pale, I put a little rouge on my cheeks and I wore lipstick. That was everything, the extent of it, just so I looked a little live, you know. Um, Can you let me know your thoughts on this? Well, I would say, dear one, um... If you feel that um, you'd like to wear a little makeup to just put a little color on your cheeks, not so it's seen, but just blends in very slightly, and wear um, a, um, a reasonable shade of lipstick, I see nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, and it'll you'll feel brightened up, and and it might work just fine. There's nothing nothing wrong with that. Truly, there's not. Um, there's also nothing wrong with not doing it. So you might give it a try and, and see uh, how you feel that way. But don't worry about what people think. Do what you wish to do. Do what you wish to do. Um, so I'll leave it at that. Um, and she says, may God bless you and the sisters through this current housing issue. Thank you, sweetheart. He actually has. He's He's given us this house through the hearts of... A little organization called Adoratio, and um, and now all we need to do is divide the rooms to make a whole bunch of cells, uh, sisters' uh, bedrooms in it, and it's it. We're very grateful for this. 
Um, but I, I really want to encourage anybody, if you want to move to Beloit, it's a beautiful little town and has a beautiful church. It's Novus Ordo, not Latin. Um, uh, uh, but it's a gorgeous church, and there's two priests, and they're both wonderful. And there's a school, St. John the Baptist Catholic School, attached, which is a very, very good Catholic school. Many uh, large families are moving here even now and plan to, uh, be- mostly because of the school and a beautiful little town. No crime here. It's very lovely. Let me know. And again, uh, I won't charge... What we put into that house, three quarters of a million, uh, the house is worth over a million now. But if you can uh, even afford anything close to that, um, maybe you're, I say you're a doctor or a lawyer or a professional with a good salary and want to bring your family to a beautiful, safe little place, it would be wonderful. Um, and she writes, may God bless you and the sisters through this and he has as well as through all the problems we are facing in the world today may you continue to be a beacon of hope for us for us all in these dark times um you know what dear one we encourage one another we encourage one another to to faith and good works and i would say the worse the world gets and it is we may well be on the brink of world war three um i repeat what i've said stock up on water a lot of water, stock up on lots of non-perishable goods, and learn now, uh, prepare to live without electricity. I don't have any inside um, information, and I'm not a prophet or any of that, but I think we need to prepare to live without electricity, even without computers and without iPhones, I think we need to face that reality now and get prepared. If it doesn't happen, blessed be God, but it's better to be prepared. Um, okay, someone just said, Kathy from Facebook, sorry, I don't understand why you can't stay in the house you bought and fixed up. What was the problem? Um, Kathy, the problem was that uh, to begin with, there was a, a, um, a covenant uh, that the neighbors had that no one but a uh, single family could live there. They would not not allow a religious order or anybody over any more than four people to live there. Um, it was a covenant written um, years ago, and um, uh, there are three people in the process of my buying that house that either knew of it or should have known of it, um, and let us know that, but we were not told. So that was one thing. And the second thing is that the people who were complained called us a group home, and um, uh, some rumor went around that we were taking in trouble women and children, which we are not. It's simply a religious order, but because the word group home went around, the neighborhood panicked. They don't want a group home there, and so they won't even rezone it for us. They just don't want us there. Um, so God allowed all of that, and um, we finished painting it, uh, but um, we've left it as it is, um, and uh, whoever buys it will need to do a little more work, but we've purchased everything for it. It's paid for. Uh, I just stopped the work in its progress, just putting doors up and such, So, uh, but we have the doors. So, Kathy, that's it. We, so we could not even move in. 
and but we own it, and now we have to sell it because I will not sue anybody, uh, no matter uh, the circumstances. I will not sue. I trust God allowed it, and as I said, uh, we have very generous hearts through an organization called Adoratio here in Beloit, and um, a gentleman named Andrew Newald and others with him. Uh, who have simply given us the house that they have given us to live with this past year. They have not allowed us to even pay utilities, and now they've turned it over to us, the whole house, for us to, yes, start reconstructing so it can become our convent in Beloit. Um, We trust God, dear ones, we're at peace. All is well. God bless you all. Thank you for your prayers. We pray for you every single day. And God willing, we'll speak with you tomorrow. God bless you.